dive right in. So everybody just get ready. Um, uh, we have our special guest, Daryl, Coach D, Andrews with us tonight. <laughs> it's an honor, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I, you know, I'm humbled. I'm honored. And I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. One uh, thing, uh, you know, that I was telling, you know, the team, even on the back end, as we were testing. And one thing I just want to tell everybody tonight, uh, just to let you know that, look, you're not in for a treat, but you're in for transformation. That thing just kind of jumped. On now. And it kind of came out of my mouth, and I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so just to let everybody know, this, this ain't yeah. just a treat tonight, but it's, it's, it's transformative, uh, everything that's going to be taking place. And yeah. so we are excited. Yeah. Um, and so let me just kind of welcome just some people that are coming in. If you're, if you're with us live for the first time, uh, what you see, of course, you see up top, you see Cultivate Your Brain Set. And then, of course, you see the information for our guest speaker uh, tonight, but uh, what cultivate? Just to give you a quick synopsis, cultivate uh, is three definitions. There's multiple, multiple, but the three definitions that really jumped out to me uh, was to uh, to prepare for. Uh, that's one definition. The second definition is to def is to foster the growth of, and then the the third definition is this: to improve by study or by labor. Mm. And so that really came out one day when I was just kind of just put, you know, working in our little garden on the side of our home there. And so it's like, man, you know, I really believe that God wants to cultivate some things. And so, of course, tonight uh, you're going to get some information. You're going to get some inspiration as well as some inspart impartation, uh, uh, you know, tonight. And so um, let me be uh, uh, just a little formal, just so, uh, you know, uh, Coach D, is it Coach D that I can just read your uh, bio here. Yes, sir. And so uh, it says Daryl Andrews, known as Coach D, uh, which you see here with this, has been in the speaking and training field for 20 years. Yes, he sir. formerly worked for Fortune 500 company Abbott Laboratories in sales and marketing. His company, Daryl Andrews mm -hmm. Enterprises, is a former workforce development contractor under the WIA grant. And then Coach D and his yeah. staff, his great team, created two impactful workforce development uh, initiatives that help yeah. hundreds of youth and adult job seekers achieve meaningful career, academic, and life success outcomes. And mm -hmm. so teamwork coupled with motivation and strategy <laughs> helped this team uh, to create a culture steeped in high expectations and outcomes. And so Coach D is one yeah. of the most in-demand virtual speakers and consultants yes. in the workforce development and education space. Yeah. And, and he has printed, presented at thousands of workforce development organizations, schools, school districts, and corporations. Um, and then his mm -hmm. speeches and consulting projects are designed to inspire people to maximize their potential. <laughs> and so uh, yeah. again, everybody welcome, mm -hmm. uh, you know, have something to be able to, to take notes, to be able to open your mind, open your heart. And matter of fact, as we get ready to jump in, uh, of course, the name of our ministry is Abounding Grace Family Worship Center. So I want to open with a, a uh, you know, word of prayer. And then we're just going to just open up and invite uh, the presence of the Lord. And we're going to get right in. So God, right. our Father, we do bless you. We thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for those that are watching live with us now and those that will even be visiting this uh, uh, video at a later point and even on the podcast at a later point. God, I thank you, Lord, again, um, as you gave, gave it to me, Lord. It's not just we're in for a treat. We're not just uh, just snacking and we're just um, doing this just to fill our fancy, God. But I thank you, Lord, for transformation tonight. God, so I thank you, Lord, for every mind being um, open to be renewed and as well as every heart. So again, we say welcome, Lord. Welcome, Holy Spirit. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. In his name. One and only. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> the one and only name, my brother. Oh, That's my it. gosh. Yeah. So um, again, yeah. you know, I mean, if you're ready, I'm ready. <laughs> and so. Um, hey, man, I'm ready. I'm ready, brother. So is there anything else that you mm -hmm. wanted to share? I know I've read the, the, the bio just even formally, but, uh, you know, I mean, I know there's some things that you, you've been yeah. doing and uh, just all that. Yeah. You, you know, the, the, the first thing I think I want to share, man, is that um, I think the most fulfilled life that one could live, Walter, is a life um, that's really steep in, a, in, a, in, a, in our individual purpose, man. Like when you're doing what I believe you're called to do, it's no longer work. <laughs> it really isn't, man. Like people get up and go to work, but then there are some of us that get up and go to purpose, Ooh. you know? And, and yeah. And so I, I, 
I tell people I haven't worked in 20 years <laughs> because wow. I get up and go to purpose. Come on, come on. It's not a job to me, you know. It's not a job to me, man. And um, I never forget this. There was this basketball coach. His name was Larry Brown. He used to coach the Philadelphia 76ers. Yep. And um, he was being interviewed uh, by this guy who was, you know, he had just signed a like a five-year, $25 million contract or something like that to coach the Sixers. And the young the young man said to him, he said, how how um uh, Larry, how exciting is it that you know you get you get you only work for the Sixers another five years? And so he smiled and he looked at the young man and he said, he said, Oh really? He said, Young man, I haven't worked in 30 years. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's powerful. What was that man what was that man saying? This ain't work for me, man. I wake up in the morning and I go fulfill purpose. And so I just want to say everything I do in my life is not about me or all of that. It's not about, it's all about, man, God using me to, to make a difference in the lives of others. So I've been blessed to be able to do some of the things that you said, you know, as far as um, what we've done in workforce development, we've done things in corporate, uh, we've done a lot of work in ministry and it's all just been a joy, man. I, I just, I mean, I get emails and letters and, all that from all over the world, man, from people that we've been able to inspire through our work. And so to me, that's the greatest joy, you know, that, yeah. um, that somebody can, um, you know, can, can reach out and say that your words inspired or your training inspired or your coaching inspired me to do things that I didn't think I could ever do. Mm. So I think it's important for people to know tonight, this guy that's talking to you, is not just some expert, but I think I'm called and anointed to do this, you know? And um, yeah. so, so that's a little bit of a difference than someone that has a quote unquote job or this is their occupation. I believe this is my calling. So um, everything I'm going to share tonight is um, probably going to stem more from that than just, you know, <laughs> my occupation per se. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's, that's great. And, and so, you know, uh, you know, yeah. The thing that you were talking about, even with that example of, you know, Larry Brown and and even just how you said it yeah. tonight, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to work, but, you know, just people yeah. just waking up to purpose. Yeah. Uh, and so I know that people I've seen and they've heard it even in our promotion is just about, you know, the brain set and they've seen it in quotations yeah. and things of that nature. So yeah. with the example you gave before and even what you said, what is the distinction? Talk, talk to us about that, that, that brain set distinction there. And yeah. importance. <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something. We talked about this a long time ago, you and I just, not mm -hmm. that long, but we decided we we're going to go this direction and have this conversation. And this is a, this is a conversation. I want to ask everybody if they could just make sure they have a pen and a pad <laughs> yep. and get ready to take some notes. Because <laughs> what I'm going to share, Walter, if people can get this, it'll be liberating, man. It'll mm. be transformative. It will cause people, man, to see their lives and themselves in such a way that that they'll wake up every day with a renewed sense of purpose every day and understanding the depth of who they are in God, man. This this thing here, when I got a revelation of this, it changed my life mm. because up to the point of knowing this, you know, I just didn't know. I mean, there's things I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. I was making mistakes. I was floundering through life and trying to figure things out. But then I realized something that, you know. I've been snared. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I've been trapped, man. Wow. <laughs> and so here I am trying to do stuff and I'm end up going right back to the same old thing I've always done. <laughs> back right. in the same mode of operating that kept me locked up all those years. Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Why do I end up going back to the same thing? over and over and over again brother let's let's put this in perspective yes after hearing words all the time you know after hearing preaching every sunday right you know, right and, and when, after reading every book you know after going to every lecture still going back to the same old habits mm. And I said, Lord, how, 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 how is that? You know, when we say we're, you know, in every, any man being Christ, he's a new creature, you know, all right. things are found away, you know, right. behold, all things are new. Well, what is, why, why am I still doing this stuff? And I'm a new creature. And that's when I tapped into this thing, man, called brain set. Because a lot of people talk about mindset. Mm -hmm. And let's, 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 let's make a definition. Let's define the two. Yeah. 
So with mindset, you know, conditions and circumstances can impact that. So I can watch something on TV and that impacts my mindset. I see a pizza commercial and I want a slice of pizza. Right, 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 right. <laughs> my mind is like, I want that. I'm hungry, you know. And so mindset is really uh, 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 often derived. And, and don't get me wrong. I don't want to downplay it because it, it has serious ramifications as well. But derived from circumstances mm. and situations and experiences. Brain set is a little deeper. Okay. You know what I mean? And let, let me let me give you you know just a few scriptures to really kind of kind of kind of land this somewhere here. Yeah. You know yeah. we know Romans twelve one and two. You know where he says you know I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service mm -hmm. and do not conform to the patterns of this world. Take that word patterns and put it on your notes. Yeah. <laughs> that word patterns in there. Right. We're gonna revisit that one, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking notes too. <laughs> put, that, put that one patterns, right? Put that in your notes because we're gonna come back to that one right there. But do not, you know, conform to the patterns of this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you know what that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. So we know that scripture, we've heard it many, many times. But we end up going back and doing the same thing anyway. Come on, yep. <laughs> Despite the fact that we heard the scripture, we've, taught it, we've been taught and defined and broken down and analyzed, but we still go back. So, so there's another scripture I want to bring to, to the table in here, and that's in Psalm mm -hmm. 51 and 5. It says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Now, here's where we, this is where it gets interesting because we know as believers, we have definitely accepted Christ and in that comes a new creation in us. Mm -hmm. But there's another thing that's taking place, another challenge that's connected to the patterns that's a byproduct of shaping in iniquity. Mm. And we don't like to talk about that too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when people preach in that scripture, they go past it real fast. Right, right. <laughs> You know, Slow down. <laughs> you know, you don't hear too many people talking about that iniquity stuff. You know, we don't, we don't like slam it, boom, go on. Because that's not something that's going to get everybody excited. But the iniquities are will really directly connected to what I'm talking about in the area of brain set mm. because they have created patterns. Wow. You hear what I'm saying, Walter? They've yep. created patterns. And, 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 and so the second scripture in Psalm 51 and 5 is really where we're having our greatest challenge. Okay. Because Romans 12, 1 and 2 is clear. God's telling you, you know what I mean? You know, renewing of your mind. Right. Then you know what the will is. But then we got this other thing that's operating called shaping and iniquities. There's a guy named Pastor Ted Tripp. He wrote a book that was controversial some years ago. And a lot of saints got mad at him, but it's the truth. The name of the book, you may want to go back and see if it's still in, in print, called, it's called Shaping Influences. Mm. Shaping Influences. Because what he's saying in that book is, as much as we love the Lord, a lot of what we end up doing is because of how we were shaped. Wow. And so we wow. find ourselves not being able to move forward because that thing that shaped us still has a grip on us. Even though we saved, even though we're going to heaven, even though we, we got that on lock. Yeah. But the thing we are called to do, the thing God wants us to do many times in our life, we don't even advance in that. Mm. Or we play with it and go two or three steps in and we get pulled back because there is a pulling back. Because this is what happens. And brother, I'm going to tell you, man, I found this out. Woo. Wow. <laughs> so, Come on. It, yeah. like, it was like, man, this thing was no joke for me. <laughs> because brain set. Here's brain set, mm -hmm. and this is the part we got to get to understand. Brain set is when our mind accepts those things, you know, those things, those, those influences, when it accepts them as normal, Walter. Wow, yeah. Other words, my mind saying, this is who we are. Uh. So here's the, it's kind of a little humor in this. <laughs> here's the humor in this. <laughs> When you try to change, your mind is like saying, uh-uh. Right. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. Right. This is, do you know who we are? <laughs> you know? Wow. You know, and now listen, the spiritual side of us is saying we're free. We're, 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 good, we're good. We got this thing covered. But that 
brain set is saying, no, sir, you, mm. you're, you're, you're a procrastinator. You, you're, you're an angry person. Wow. You're, 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 you don't, you know, you, you, you don't, you put things off. Mm. Uh, you say you're going to do things and never do them. That's who we are. Mm. <laughs> and so what are you talking about? Change, get back. So here's the thing. This is what I want to, I want, I want everybody here. The mind, the brain actually starts to fight like it's in a war mm. to hold on to that stuff. Yeah, yep. It fights like we're in a war, brother. Mm. And so and so this is hard because you're trying to tell us we're believers and we like to go with the comfortable thing of saying, no, nah, that's not what, that's not it, brother. You, you know, brother, <laughs> I'll tell folks, you can argue with me all day long. <laughs> right. That's on you. Right. I'm just delivering the message. And the message is simply this, that a lot of times we, our mind is at war because of iniquities, man, because of things that have locked in and don't want to let go. So that's why when we talk about renewing of the mind, that is not just a sentence that we can put out there. That's something we got to work at. Yeah, work at it. <laughs> we got to work at that and work on work that and work at that. And ask God to listen. Let's go back to the word over in, in, in Romans 12 and 2. God help us to deal with these patterns. Yeah. We've got to deal with these patterns. Come on. Because these patterns will listen, they will they will control us, my brother, to the day we die. Mm. Not, not, not you know, listen, to the day we die. And so that's why my mentor, Dr. Miles Monroe, who I met through the magnificent. Pastor Harry Jones and Sister Corrine Jones, yeah. who helped to shape the man I am today. It wasn't for them. I wouldn't be saying this stuff because everything I got started there. But but they introduced me to Dr. Miles Monroe mm -hmm. at an event in Chester, Pennsylvania, Pastor Joy Scott's church. Wow. And this is, this is what Miles said. And this is deep, too. <laughs> it's found in his book, Unleashing Your Potential. Yes. This is what he says. He said, he said that the greatest... Discoveries are not found <laughs> in the diamond mines of South Africa, all right, nor the oil wells of Saudi Arabia. The greatest deposits are found in your local cemetery. Oh, yeah. Because in there, <laughs> in there, you got books that were never written. Yep. Songs that were never sung. Come on. Artwork that never made it off the canvas of the mind of the originator. In the graveyard, you got potential that remained potential. Mm. Brother, if that doesn't wake you up, <laughs> right. what will? So when we talk about brain set, you know, we got to understand, and this is not all about, this ain't no success talk. You know, this is not, you know, a prosperity message. This is not any of that. Mm -hmm. It's just fulfilling mm -hmm. the purpose in which God has us here and, 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 and being the best that we can be in Christ. Mm. But it's hard to do that. All that stuff is gripping us, man. Right. And these patterns just keep consistently reappearing in us. And, and those patterns cause us not to be the blessing to ourselves and others that God wants us to be. Wow. So that's the difference. Mindset can be a temporary situation that's the byproduct of a circumstance. Brainset is trying to tell you this is who I am. <laughs> this right. is who we are. You see the difference between the two? Yeah. Yeah. So... That's just what it is, brother. That's that's the that's the that's the and, and I'm hoping people can start realizing that the Bible talks about the mind a whole lot, and it talks about prayer, but it talks about mindset a whole lot. So God understands this thing of mindset and how important it is for us to understand that He's definitely laid things out here for us, but we got things inside of us that's trying to stop us from getting where He wants us to be. That is that is yeah, so, so so strong. <laughs> And, you know, with you mentioning patterns, you know, on the inside, I'm just kind of leaping right now because I remember at the New Year's Eve service that we had, uh, you, mm -hmm. know, you know, I had a word that I just shared with the congregation um, about just the particular of this decade and what 20 symbolizes. It means, you know, uh, an ending of old patterns and beginning of new patterns as well as old cycles and, and new cycles yes. beginning. And mm -hmm. with that, I mean, you know, you, know, you talked about things with us until the day we die as far as for even those patterns. I know we have people that'll be listening and watching that are in different generations. Yes. And so um, talk to us, I guess, some ways as far as for maybe a young person that haven't been, you know, had a years or decades of patterns, uh, you know, how they can kind of cultivate yeah. the, a healthy brain set 
in these early you know, 20s and, and even 30s, I would say. And then for those um, that are yeah. a little more seasoned in life that have had some patterns that have been around for a while, you know, how to kind of reshape those. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the thing about it is, man, with the younger folks, I want to talk to the parents for a minute. Cause I'm a father. Sure. I got four. Be- I got four beautiful children, man. Yeah, come on. And, and I would say, I say they're good-looking kids. They look just like their daddy. Straight <laughs> up. <man. laughs> of and I course. Hope my wife's not this. <laughs> <laughs> she, I'm sure she's streaming now. <laughs> you know, no, they're beautiful, just like my wife. Just like my wife. Beautiful, beautiful. But the the thing about the the patterns in a young age, I got to talk to parents mm-hmm. because Pastor Jones used to always minister about something, man, and he used to always minister about the the, the stages of you know because he, he cared about kids, you know, he cares about young folks, absolutely. And he used to always talk about the stages of life where he used to always talk about uh, in the earlier years it's dependence, and so when you're a little kid, you know, when you're a baby, you can't change your own diaper, right? <laughs> Which right. is happening. You know what I mean? Somebody got to change that diaper for you. You know, yeah. you're not feeding yourself food. Somebody got to bring the food to you, yep. you know? And so he talks about, you know, and so Pastor Jones, if you're watching, I still got these lessons locked in, man. I, I still got them <laughs> locked. I, I not these things. And so he talks about dependence. Then he said it gets to a stage where you're like, you know, 12 and 13, 14, 15, where it's interdependence. Mm. You, you know what I mean? Where you're now looking at, you know, okay, you want to give your child a little bit of room to try to start to stretch their wings a little bit, spread their wings, and but you want to be a parent and give them a sense of direction, you know? And so, so you got that. And then the final stage is independence. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're trying to move our children as parents, to independence. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're trying to move them to independence. You know what I mean? So the most dangerous place for a parent to be is when you have a child that you're trying to move to independence and you're still trying to be make them dependent or interdependent. That's a whole nother lesson for a whole nother time right there. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, sometimes you got to let them go and stop all that, all right? So, but with that being said, a lot of the mindset that a child has is shaped in those interdependent and dependent phases. Mm-hmm. So as parents, we got to be very careful how we're communicating, what we're showing, what we're exhibiting, how we handle challenges and crisis, how we handle relationships. Because when the child is little, it goes back to Ted Tripp's book of shaping influences. Mm. And so they're watching, okay? And, 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 and a lot of what they become later is what was deposited in them when they were younger. Wow. Yeah. And so we, so we so we parents, so for instance, Dr. Miles Monroe talked to I learned earlier about purpose through Dr. Monroe. So with my children, I raised we raised them based upon purpose. Yeah. Because that was my our our, you know what I mean? And so, you know, so I have a son that just graduated from one of the top art schools in the United States. He's been in art all his life. Yeah. All of his life. You know, I have a daughter that's a this got accepted, one of 25 students uh as far as the global scholars program at American University. And, and she's getting her master's in four and a half years. But but she's been fulfilling her purpose. She started a non-profit uh, agency to help orphans in Nairobi, Kenya. Since the age of 14, she's been there 10 times. Wow. You know, and and because early we shaped them in purpose, you know, shaped. And now my youngest son is starting to go in his lane. He wants to go into the Naval Academy, serve in politics. I'm just saying all these things about shaping, you know what I mean? Yep. And all that. Now, that's the career stuff. Now, on the personal side, you know, we got things we got to do, too. It's not just about, you know, fulfilling these, op- you know, the way we communicate, mm-hmm. you know, the way my wife and I communicate, the way we interact with them, the way we interact with our friends. So I just want to say with a young person, a lot of their paradigm is a byproduct of that association. Yep. But then there's another part that I want young people to hear. And this is a statement. You know, I, I like to share stories. So you got you got to hear the stories. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, you, well, you got to hear the story. So this is for my young people because they got to hear this because this is important. So I went to a school called Wagner College in Staten Island, New York. Then I transferred to Cheney University. All right. There's a whole story behind that five garbage bags in the dream. And I don't have time to share that story. But that's a whole other story. But, uh, but when I went to Wagner, you know a little bit about it. When I went to Wagner, uh, I flew down uh, there from Syracuse, New York to New York City. And on the plane, I met a guy named Jim Murphy, mm-hmm. all right, because in the seat I was sitting in, he was in the middle seat. His wife is on the other, uh, the, the window seat, and his mother-in-law was up front. And so for some reason, he he, he, he took interest into, of me, Walter. I don't know. I'm a young man, you know. 
He said, hey, tell me about yourself, man. And I started talking to him and I'm some, we said, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to, I'm going to college and, and all. And, and um, he said, man, I'm so proud of you. He said, I'm a first generation college graduate. I'm the first person in my family to go. He said, anybody in your family ever graduated? I said, no, I'm going to be the first. He said, oh, I'm proud of you too, man. And we're just talking and talking, okay? And he said, man, I just, I just want to let you know I'm proud. I just felt compelled, you know, to talk to you and all. And just want to let you know we're proud of you. This is my wife. We're proud. Go to college and give it your best. And then he asked me a question. He said, when the plane lands, where are you going, uh, Daryl? I said, well, sir, I'm going over to the Port Authority and then down to the ferry and take the ferry over to Staten Island and going to Wagner College. He said, well, listen, man, we would love to give you a ride to the, to the Port Authority. That way you can kind of, you know, not have to do one leg of your trip. You, we can take care of that for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Mr. Murphy, I said, I, I don't want to inconvenience you and your family. He said, I won't be an inconvenience at all. And I said, okay. I said, because you, you can sense what some people are legit. It's not, he's not some nutcase. He's a good guy. So I said, okay, sir. I said, so the plane landed and we went down to baggage claim and I went to pick up my baggage. And, um, and this is my young people. This is a really message for them. I hope they're listening to this. And I said, um, he said, um, uh, I went to pick my baggage. And so I went to grab my luggage and he looked at me and he said, what are you doing, Daryl? I said, Mr. Murphy, I'm going to pick up my luggage. He said, you don't have to do that. I said, he said, no. I said, why? He said, you don't. And he snapped his finger. <laughs> and I looked at him like, what's wrong with your hand? You know, and this big tall guy comes over with a cap on his head. He grabs my luggage. Wow. And I'm looking at Mr. Murphy. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> Come on. He said, that's my chauffeur. I said, you're what? <laughs> right. He said, my chauffeur. So his chauffeur takes my luggage out and I'm looking at him and I said, Mr. Murphy, when you said you had room, you weren't kidding. <laughs> and he put my luggage in this limousine. And we get in this man's car and his wife and his mother smiling. And I'm like, my goodness, I'm 17 years old. I'm from the projects of Syracuse, New York. I've never seen anything like this. And so we get in the car and he says, man, I'm going to take you on over to the Port of 30. He said, but there's a reason why I wanted to ride you because I got to share a story with you. I said, sir, I said, I'm all ears. And he said, let me tell you something, Daryl. He said, I'm, I'm, um, he said, you know, I'm from the Bronx, New York. He said, uh, when I was 14, I was involved in everything crazy, you know, hanging with the wrong kids and doing this and that and doing all these things. And he said, I ended up getting in trouble and, and finding myself going down the wrong pathway. And he said, but I saw this show on, Amer- on television that talked about the American dream. And I asked myself the question, why can't I live that? Yeah. Why do I have to be the one going to jail? Why do I have to be the one getting in trouble? Why? He said, man, I'm tired of this. So he went to his friends, 10 of them. He said, because he was 14, hanging with his boys. And he said, we thought we knew each other, everything more than the parents and more than the community. We knew everything more than the teachers. We didn't want to hear anybody. This is boys. He told his boys, I'm getting serious, man. I'm getting focused. I'm tired of acting silly. I'm tired of disrespecting adults. I'm tired of all of that. He said, I'm getting focused. His boys said, get out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. He cut them all off, Walter. Got serious. Graduated number one from his, in his class in high school. Number one in his class. Come on. Received a full tuition paid scholarship to Yale University. We graduated from Yale number two in his accounting class. Went to work on an accounting firm, a big five accounting firm. Two years later, quit, started his own accounting firm and became the first African-American accountant on Wall Street mm. <laughs> at the age of 27. Wow. And then he said something to me that changed my life. I told that probably too long story to get to this point. And that's when you talk young people. Mm-hmm. He said, Daryl, you probably never see me again. And I have not. He said, Daryl will probably never talk again. And we haven't. He said, but young man, I want you to remember this. And don't you forget this as long as you live. He said, Daryl, if you show me your friends, I will show you your future. That's it. Mm. Period. <laughs> If you want to change your mindset as a young person and, and change your brain set, you have got to think about who you're hanging out with. That is so good. Because who you're hanging out with is who you are. <laughs> That's wow. who you are. You can't say my friend's a drug dealer and I'm not one. No, you are. Go on, be in the car with them when the police come by. <laughs> you're a drug dealer then. Right. The police put all of y'all up in there. Right. See? Show me your friends. So if you want to have a good education, if you want to work, you know, if you want to stay committed to Christ, you got to have friends who want a good education, stay committed to Christ. If you want to make good decisions for your future, you need some friends to encourage you because your mindset and your mindset is going to be impacted by the people you associate with. Now, we've heard that before, 
but I hope the story brings it to life. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your thoughts on that story, man? I would love to hear what you what you thought. What about you? Just what you just heard, man. You know, it's 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 powerful, and you know, I'm just thinking just even some of the stages, and and I remember my freshman year in college. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I remember that first couple of weeks. I was in a squad. We were about forty deep. Uh, by the time that first semester ended, I had about three friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I had to make some changes. Yeah. Had to make some changes. Had to make some changes. And yeah, with young people, that's that's of critical importance, you know, because that's the biggest. Let me tell you something. Research research proves this: drug addiction, uh, suicidal thoughts, all of that. That's all directly connected back to a lot of who young people hang out with, mm. and that and that's research based. I don't want to go into all the research because I, I work with young people a lot, so I I study this stuff. But the thing that's so when we talk young people, that's the that's the that's the key for them. They got to really think about their friendships, and then they also got to think about a future. I, I help my children. I told my my kids that God birthed them with purpose in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, Ecclesiastes three one. To everything, there's a season and a time to every purpose on the heaven. You were born with a purpose, and so we, I wanted to help them understand that the decisions you make today are going to decide what you're going to be doing tomorrow. And so that's it's so important for young people to have a sense of destiny. You know what I mean? Don't see themselves in just the moment. See themselves in the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that'll eliminate a lot of challenges if you can see the future, and that'll also impact your brain set. As far as the older people, that's more of a challenge. Yeah. Because we've been doing it for so long, you know. But one thing that we have to do more than anything, if I can just be real, is we gotta become real with ourselves, Walter. That's it. You you know what I mean? Like a lot of folks, as we begin, we, we gotta become real with ourselves. We 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 don't like being real with ourselves. <laughs> You know, we, we say we, we get because the brain said that's who we are. But sometimes we got to ask ourselves, is who we are damaging us? You know, is it damaging others? Because if it's simply it's going to continually be who we are, then how are we going to change? How are we going to adjust? And so sometimes we got to say to ourselves, self, I'm changing. Come on. You're not going to keep me captive. You know what I mean? You know, I'm not going to let that strong man bind me up. You're not doing it anymore. And I'm done with this. You know, like, for instance, I'll give a, a one area. Some people got serious negative dispositions. Yes. And, and they can they can praise the Lord on Sunday and chew you out Monday through, <laughs> through Saturday Talk with the it. same mouth that they praise the God with on Sunday. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is that's a stronghold. I don't think they want to do it. But so you got to say to yourself, why do I talk this way to people? Why? Then you will find sometimes that goes back to maybe that's how people talk to you when you were a child or that's the world you exposed to. So but if I'm not becoming real with myself and challenging myself to change, mm. then that brain set will lock me in and I'll continue to keep people, treat people that way. And, and, and as far as being a believer, we ain't witness, witness to nobody with a mouth that's going to be disrespectful to others. This is not going to happen. Right, right. So I'm just using one example. It could be many, many miracles. So we have to go to the scriptures. And one of the scriptures we got to go to is the scriptures. And I believe it's in, um, I don't think it's, it's not in Corinthians, where it says, bring the thoughts into captivity. Any, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Yep, I think yep. that is in 2 Corinthians. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yep. And we got to bring those thoughts. Yeah, we, we got to bring that thought into captivity. So what we got to start doing, man, if, you, if you're saying with the, old, the older people, we got to start analyzing our thoughts. <laughs> That's good. Why do I think the way I think? If I don't analyze my thoughts, my thoughts will just keep, there's no filter. <laughs> right there's no filter so i'm not filtering my thoughts through spiritual things i'm not filtering my thoughts through what i believe god wants me to say or do or we just that filter ain't no filter so because why we're not even analyzing what we're thinking we just think it say it do it <laughs> so we have to be a little bit more savvy than that you know what i mean if we're going to attack brain set because brain set will continue to allow you to say things and do things that you've been doing for years because you're not filtering anything. You're not analyzing anything, brother. Mm. And so that's the older population. And that takes some work. So we got to get that second Corinthians, I think it's chapter five. And we just need to study that scripture 
Bring those thoughts into captivity. Bring those. I remember John Cherry said it like this years ago. Why are you there? <laughs> right. What are you about to do to my mind? And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, you know what I mean? We got to get rid of it. You know what I mean? And get rid of all those things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Just get rid of them. And, and what happens, let me say this, like an athlete in training. Yep. The more you do it, the more you do it, the more effective you're going to be at managing it. So let's say this. Uh, I remember, again, another Pastor Jones statement. He used to always talk about practicing righteousness. You're going to say, man, that dude ain't forgot anything. <laughs> <laughs> See, Pastor Jones, your teaching is still there. Practicing righteousness. Because how are you going to do it if you don't practice it, if you've never done it before? Mm. You know, and, and so you got to stay with it. So that's just, so with the young people, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. With the older people, bring those thoughts into captivity and, and start to filter your thoughts and think about why do I think this way? This is all scripture stuff. This is not me just slaying stuff. I'm giving scripture to back up everything I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with a non-believer. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. <laughs> So if you yoke with somebody that's not doing God thing, guess what? That's showing your friends. I'll show your future. So the scriptures backs up all this stuff. That you know, so. That's so good. Yeah. And for those um, that, that are watching, we'll have time just for maybe just like a couple of questions, you know, I want to be mindful of, you know, Coach yeah. D's time tonight. So, um, but again, this has been so good. And, uh, you know, I'm just, yeah. just even thinking about when you're just talking about just be real with yourself. I'm just... You, you, I just started thinking. I just pictured myself just in a mirror, because uh, yeah. you know sometimes you know when when you're uh, yeah. when you when you when you are undressed, that's when you see what you look like, <laughs> and so you see who you are. So it's yeah. just being yep. honest and real with even how you're thinking. So I mean that that is powerful. That is absolutely. Well, well so let me say this too. I, mm -hmm. I got to say this too because yeah. this is or this is for folks. This, these these are those ouch moments for us. As, you know, so people don't like ouch stuff. Yep. <laughs> but I, I live in the world of ouch because you need ouch every now and then. Yes. If people are continually telling you something about yourself, analyze it. <laughs> <laughs> analyze it. Right. You know, because people will say, you know, if you got twenty five people telling you that you're operating a certain way, there's some something that they're seeing. Mm. And if you can't embrace, especially if they love you, if you can't embrace the fact that people are telling you this and you're it, because you're consistently displaying it, then you're, I'm going to say something that's going to hurt a lot of people. Then you're borderline narcissist. Mm, yeah. And that's a dangerous place for a believer to be. When you think that you know everything and you got all the answers. Come on. You need people to put you in check sometimes. It hurts. Yes. It hurts. But you need it. But if you live in a space where you always right, you ain't bringing no glory to God because you can't just, you got to be humble. You got to submit yourself to Christ. That within itself takes humility. Mm. But the folks who think that you got all these folks telling you over and over again, and you don't want to hear it, pray to God for that, what I just said. You're borderline narcissist. And that's a dangerous place to be because you can't glorify God if you always write. Sometimes you got to submit yourself oh, wow. to God and to others. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I'm even, I, I, you know, I could even take that thought as far as for just when people giving you that feedback, just even in the realm yeah. of just leadership. And I know people that, that, that are watching, you might not think you're a leader, but if in some form or fashion you are, leading you, mm -hmm. you're leading yourself yep. you're leading family some of you own businesses or ministries yep. uh you, you you're you're in leadership and so yeah. um uh and, and yeah. i know you you work with leaders as well so from even from that yeah. leadership perspective and you know of course you sure. mentioned the narcissism but um yeah. how, how is that importance <laughs> of even the, the brain set especially in today's time yeah. when leadership is so needed yeah yeah yeah, so I got to do this, though, because I got to pause for a second. Yeah. I got to show folks my Reggie White. Yeah, There's come on. Right there 92. Fly, you can fly. <laughs> I just thought, if you're not an Eagles fan, if you're not an Eagles fan, you can jump right off this call right yeah, now, especially off. if you're a Cowboys fan. But we, we don't minister to Cowboys fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's the arrogance. It's the pride. They're narcissists. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but leadership, man, let me tell you something. When, when, when I was in a customer's office in in uh march when all of this stuff kind of happened mm. and and she had mentioned to me this is in the state of delaware 
the governor, she just got an email. The governor said, just she got an email. She said to me, this was her words pretty much verbatim. Mm -hmm. The governor just sent her an email. She said, the governor just said, we have some serious problems coming down the pipe. This COVID-19 is much worse than we thought. And he was saying that there's a good chance we're going to have to close everything down. Wow. Now, I'm in a customer's office. We're talking about projects we're working on and how we're going to do things here, how we're going to do things there. She looks me in the eye and said, Daryl, we're going to put everything on pause till I hear what the governor's talking about. Wow. Yeah. And I said, what is the I didn't know about all this. So I'm like, what is the governor talking about? <laughs> right. And then I go home and I see the news. I'm like, Lord, what is going on? And then that next week, the governor gets on, you know, does his thing and the president and all of them get on and talk about, we got this virus that's killing people in China that's making itself made way all over the world. So you start with five people, then 10 people, then a thousand, then a half a million. Like, whoa, yeah. you're going to have to stay at home. You're going to be quarantined. Let me tell you what happened during that time, Walter. And this is important for leaders to hear. Because I was like everybody else for about two days. I was like, Lord, what's going on? Why is this happening? What's going on? And so for a few days, I was like praying and fasting and what's happening. And I kind of withdrew. And then I said, no, 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 I got, I got to step out of this. And what I noticed was this, there's two types of things that two types of leaders that, that, that took place, that took place, that two types of leadership that emerged, that happened during this time period. Okay. You had the flight leadership that ran, they were scared. They reacted. They made harsh, rash decisions decisions that hurt people, decisions that hurt themselves, and all of that. Then you had, you heard this, this syndrome, the fight and flight. Then you had another type of leader that said, pause. Mm. Pause. Let me think about this. And what's the next best logical step moving forward? How do I best position things for people to see possibilities in the midst of this crisis. Yeah. How, yeah. How do you know, how do I become a calming force in front of the five people or the 25 people or the 5,000 people? Cause I've, I've had conversations with all these different categories or the 20,000 people that I'm leading. That's the kind of leadership that's forged in adversity. That's a powerful leader, Walter. Mm. That's a calming effect. That's a calm leader. That's a leader that's leading by example. Everything is falling apart all around that leader, but you would never know it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Because that leader is showing true leadership. Listen, a lot of people don't know this, but in the Asian culture, this is going to really shock some folks. In the Asian culture, they see they see crisis in two ways. Mm. The one way they see crisis is danger. The other way they see crisis is opportunity. Yep, yep. <laughs> and and the, the calm, controlled leader looks for opportunity in crisis. So... Like on a personal level, with my kids, when I when this hit, when this hit, when when this first hit, I sat down to them, with them. I didn't panic. I basically told them, I said, "Okay, we're gonna be quarantined, but we're gonna be okay. We're gonna increase our devotionals. We're gonna we're gonna believe God. We're gonna be okay. This is gonna work out." Hmm. Because I couldn't come in my house, and with 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 angst and anxiety and fear and all of that, because I had to show them a calming force. Yeah. But in business, it's the same way. In ministry is the same way, you know. I, you know, I appreciate what you're doing right now. You're doing this virtual. I've had to share some of my past friends in ministry. You know what you're showing. I'm just, if I can be honest, what you're showing people is fear. You, the way you're responding, the way you're attacking people, the way you're going after the government, that's fear, man. You're basically saying that the government is more powerful than God. Come on, <laughs> come on. Let God. It's gonna work out. We don't have to go and, you know, like in my state, we got folks suing the governor. Come on, man. Yeah. Listen, show, show powerful because God is going to turn this thing around for us. Yeah. Yep. So they need to be calm. And then also we need to show this, this opportunity during crisis. 
Yeah, if there's businesses yeah. owners out there, this is a, let me tell you something. This is a great time to reinvent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm having all kinds it. of, man, I've, I've done summits. I've done, I got stuff going on, man. I'm reinventing. Like I'm having, I'm having a ball, man. People I'm creating he is. Stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm creating this and that. I'm bringing on consultants. We getting, we going after contracts, virtuals, this virtual, that. Man, I ain't got time to sit around here and talk about what happened two months ago. You know, I mean, what Apostle Paul said, he said, hey, brother, I got myself not to have apprehended it, but there's one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, right. <laughs> reaching forth to those things which are before I press <laughs> towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. Man, listen, we can't talk about two months from ago. We got to talk about two months from now. <laughs> yeah, come on. And how is we as leaders going to position for that? So, bro, I got I got calmed down because I get too excited <laughs> talking about this stuff. <laughs> no, but I, I saw that pivot, you know, even even on yeah. your site. I was like, oh man, he, he Not, turned man. it around like that. Boom. <laughs> Listen, Mark Zuckerberg is at Facebook said this, and I love it, man. I you know, I just love some statements I hear and I just share them. You know, Mark Zuckerberg said, Zuckerberg, I can, you know, I can never miss him. He said, most people don't, he said, they always ask us why Facebook is so successful. And then he said, or oh, it's simple. He said, well, most of the world, you know, uh, lives in this world. No, no, this is what he said. This is what he said. Most people never get to first base because they have to be perfect in the way that they do things. Come on. So perfection stops them from doing anything. Mm. He said, but at Facebook, he said, this is how we live. He said, build it, wreck it, then fix it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he said... We know that it's not perfect when it goes out the door, but we're going to fix those little kinks. And by the end of this, we're going to have a great product. Wow. He says you can't accomplish anything if you're a perfectionist because you never get, you never even start the thing. And so I've lived my life like that, man. I'm totally building wreck and fix it. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I just want to say this. I, I, I partner with, I'm connected with, I've got a technology company in Canada I just connected with. We're looking at doing some stuff together. This is going to be powerful. I just got off the call a couple hours ago with a major influencer in my industry over in, in the great in, um, United Kingdom. This dude is major. And I said, I'm going to take a shot at it and see if he'd be willing to connect. And I reached out to him and he said, man, he reached back. He vetted me. Then he got back with me and said, man, he said, coach, he said, I love what you're doing. The people you're trying to help. He said, yeah, we did this phenomenal research and it's powerful. He said, I, yes, I want to connect with you. You know, two months ago, that didn't exist. Wow. <laughs> but see, so, so man, listen, for those who are out there in leadership in any capacity, now is not the time to operate in fear. Now is the time to operate in faith. Believe God. Step out there and let God use you. You know, you know what I'm doing with this Global Joseph initiative. One thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to raise up global leaders. Yes. I want global leaders who are going to be like Joseph, provide solutions. <laughs> you want to be a blessing to your city? You want to be a blessing to your state? You want to be a blessing to your job? You want to be a blessing to your country? Become a solutions provider. Yes. The reason why God took Joseph from the prison to the penthouse because he provided Pharaoh with a solution. <laughs> if Joseph was alive today, Joseph would have not only given Donald Trump... <laughs> <laughs> He'd have given Donald Trump an answer to the pandemic, all right? And then he would have given him a how to handle it, and then he would have given him an economic solution because that's on, what he did with Pharaoh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, we don't know who we are, man. So, I mean, I'm just trying to – all I'm trying to do in my world, like I got a couple of lanes I'm operating in, you know, the business lane and then the Global Joseph lane. Yeah. And with the Global Joseph, you put that website, we're trying to – we're going to be doing summits and conferences and – and trainings and coachings, and we got some powerful stuff. I got dream team all over the country. We, we, and, you know, and I just asked a sister Doreen if I can get her involved in some way to try to maybe be one of the presenters. But I'm serious, man. We're gonna change. Listen, you talk brain set. We're gonna change some brain sets here. Come on, sir. We're gonna change some brain sets. You know, because it's our time now, brother. This is the time for the body of Christ. We need to wake up and get busy, brother. This ain't yes. no time. Careful. This time, step into it, man. Step into it. I'm an old ball player, man. I'm sorry. That's, you know, I'm wired like a linebacker, man. Come on, let's get in there. <laughs> yes. I see that running back. I'm stacking. I'm going to stick. I'm up in there. <laughs> because we got to know who we are. And this is not a time for us to operate in fear. 
this is a time for us to operate in faith because the world is looking for solutions. Yeah, come on. Yep. Let God use you. Let him use you. So I know I'm amped about this stuff, but I'm, this is, I'm, I believe in it, Walter. And I'm so proud of what you and patience and all that, man, the work y'all doing in the ministry. And God, just, this is just starting with us. We just, this is a first time. We're going to connect and we're going to do this thing together. But I'm telling you, man, now we need soldiers. Yep. I'm talking about straight up soldiers, like foot soldiers, you know, ready to go to war, but not warring against, you know, the, the flesh, but warring against principalities and powers and rulers in darkness, man, and getting serious about this yeah. thing, because we have an opportunity now that did not exist and may never again exist in our lifetime. Mm. And if we if we if we don't do our part. Ten years from now, man, the world going to be looking at what did we do back then? position things for them that at that time period right so it's our time brother so let me let me get off of this man because <laughs> we'll be on this call for five hours <laughs> it, it, it is something you know i'm, I'm not going to be selfish of course i could spin off with a whole bunch of uh, questions but of course we, you know we can continue on at a later point i do want to reference people do see yeah we can you did mention the uh the the global yeah. joseph initiative so we do have the website posted um, that you can see, but I just want to say it out loud for, for those yeah. that might be hearing this later. So the website is coachdspeaks.com yeah. slash yep. global dash Joseph. Yep. So I'm going to yep. say it one more time. That's coachdspeaks, all one word, dot com slash global dash Joseph. Yep. And so uh, that's the initiative that, you know, we talked about. And so yep. if you can go there. Let, me say, let, me, yep. let yep. me say this too. There's also a Facebook page. Just look for the Global Joseph okay. Initiative on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And within and in two weeks, we're going to have um, a website up. We've been working on that. And then there will be a podcast as well. So I've already been putting a lot of information out there. We've been having meetings with a lot of people. But there's some things we're putting together because um, our mission, our mission is very clear, man. We're going to raise up a generation of Josephs. And, and and we're gonna we're gonna train young people. We're gonna train adults. We're gonna train. We want to go into ministries and train men, and train ministries, man. We come in with the team and virtually are live. You know, when as God allows, and train folks to really be influences in their in their community via business and marketplace ministry. I'll say this. This will be the last thing I say. Uh, Bill, Billy Graham said on his deathbed. All right, and you know he's got how powerful that guy was. Yeah. He said the next area influence for the body of Christ is in marketplace ministry. We wow. have got to impact the marketplace. And then he closed his eyes. Listen, man, he closed his eyes. Dr. Miles Monroe, before that plane went down, said the same thing. And so there's some work that needs to be done there. And I know God has thrown me right into that, to the forefront of that. So I'm just doing my part. Amen. Just doing my part. Let, Amen. Let, let me ask you at least yep. one question and then possibly two, depending on what it looks like. But, um, that came yep. in online. So one question, okay. going back to something that you spoke on earlier, someone said, I know that you were yep. talking about young people, but how do you as an adult begin to surround yourself with the right people in order to change the trajectory of your life? I love that. That's a great question. That's a great question. I'm going to say to the adults, that statement applies to adults too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Tell me your friends. <laughs> And I will show you your future. Yeah. So there's some, there's some, I said, mentioned it with young people, there's some relevance. You know how you do it, Walter? One person at a time. One person at a time. You know, I have a friend that I grew up with. His name is Darren Price. I have multiple people in my circle. I call them my dream team mm. <laughs> because they really are. But um, Darren and I have been like buds, man, since our ninth, 10th grade in high school. And we've been running with each other all that time, man. And we're like brothers. Yep. And so, so sometimes you can have a person in your life that believes in you, that cares about you and stands with you that you can do life with, man. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes that one person almost could be enough. But you start with a person that cares about you. See, I always tell people this. Good friendships take you up. Bad friendships take you down. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You want someone that's going to love you with, ag with agape love, man. Unconditional. So if you got if you got 20 people around you that's not feeling that, believe God for one. And, and listen, make it mutually beneficial. Don't milk the person. You know how it is with us in leadership. Folk will milk you. <laughs> you know, right. give give to the person, man. Give of your time, your heart, your soul. Sometimes listen to them. Show that person that it's not just about you, it's about us. So, mm -hmm. so if we're going to be a friend, we first need to be what? Friendly. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
And, and so that's one thing I would say. And then also think about where you're connecting with people. You know what I mean? You want you know, church is a great place to, you know, because that's, if you know, we're there, we love the Lord and you can find people there that's going to have a heart for God. So they're going to have a heart for you. So in church is a great place, but then also out here and, and you know, in certain organizations and nonprofits and, you know, in, in places like that. And there's this one young lady I, I used to minister to, man, tell her she, she was having problems with young men. I said, well, you ain't going to find them in the club. <laughs> the, dude, the dudes that really care ain't going to be up in there. Right. <laughs> you know, I said, you got to be in a place because I've mentored so many people, man. You got to be in a place with guys that have a sense of purpose. You know, so that answer is simply just start with one person, but be friendly if you want friends. And then when you connect with people, don't ask what they can do for you. See what you can do for them and build that relationship. And then God, 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 God to open up that door. So I hope that was helpful. I don't know if that if I answered that question, but hopefully that be that's some help. Yeah, no, that 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 was good. And then one other one other question. It says, as an adult, you mentioned being real with ourselves, challenging ourselves to change, and analyzing our thoughts. What's yep. the next step after those in order to see lasting change? That's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> Who are these people you got on this call, man? Right, right. That's, some smart, that's some smart folk over there, man. Um, the, we got to start with that foundation. You know, we got to bring those thoughts into captivity. That's hard enough within itself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, and we have to we have to self-impose filters. And 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 it's like anything else. We talked about patterns. Now, I don't want to get too deep and I because I don't want to look like I'm going into psychology and all that because I'm really not because it's relevant in the scripture base. But our mind creates neurological pathways, you know what I mean, because mm -hmm. of those brain sets. So we, we chemically wire ourselves for that. So that's sometimes like through our mind. So that's why sometimes it's really hard. But once we, we recognize it, it's not like you want to say, I'm going to do a brain dump and all of a sudden everything changes. Right. I would tar you know, target one area or, you know, if you got two or three that you identify, target one. And work on it, you know, read books about it, um, uh, analyze it, ask for prayer relating to it, ask your friends to hold you accountable to it, but then be open with them telling you about it when they see it, you know, don't, mm. don't fight them. Don't fight them, That's especially good. if they, if they're people that care, because a lot of times we slip back into those habits because we've just been, again, just, just shaping the iniquity, you know, the shaping influence. So we need people to tell us, hey, you're doing it again. Mm. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. And just like, I'll say this, just like an athlete in training, uh, Walter, you start to get it, man, because just like like shooting hoops, like I still got a mean jumper. <laughs> <laughs> I can't dunk on nobody no more, but I got a mean jumper. <laughs> right, right. But that's because I shot that ball 300 times at practice when I was in high school. You know what I mean? I would shoot, 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 shoot. And I got used to it. So just like that, you know, practice it. And over time, you start to get a grip on it. But don't try to do it all at once. Maybe one or two things and build on those things. So I hope that helps. Absolutely. That, that, that is so good. It yeah. is 7.59, 8 o'clock. I, I just want to leave an opportunity if there's one parting thing. And for those that are still watching, hang on, even after our, our guest speaker. He's been, been so yeah. gracious with his time. And I know there's other things that, you know, he has yet to, to help, you know, some other people as well as, you know, businesses as well. Um, yeah. But if there's one parting thing that you'd want to be able to yeah. share uh, with, with everyone, yeah. and then, you know, I'll continue on with yeah. our audience. Okay. Yeah, let, let me say this. Uh, first of first, I would tell folks to definitely go to Facebook and get involved with that Global Joseph piece because we're just getting started. So we're going to be, not actually it's been around, but we're going to be doing some phenomenal things through the Global Joseph. So I would encourage you because we, we got to raise up some influencers, man. We got to stop being on the outside looking in all the time. Come on. You know, I've always kind of been involved in dealing with leaders so I can have conversations at a high level because I realize we need to be at that table. And so... That's one thing. But I'm going to leave a parting thought with something one of my mentors shared with me because I'm a storyteller. So it's going to take about 30 seconds and we'll get to the conclusion. But I had a chance to meet a gentleman by the name of Earl Stafford. And Earl was one of my early mentors. Didn't mentor me for long, but had a little bit of a little, little time with him. And Earl, you know, thank God that a lot of my mentors were marketplace ministry people, you know, and, and, and these are folks that were in business, but in the ministry, in the marketplace. And so I met Earl, but didn't even know Earl was in, um, in, in ministry for Marketplace. When I found out he was, it was a double blessing, you know, but 
So I, I tried to meet with him several times to try to connect with him. And he like ignored me for four months, five months, which mentors typically will do. Yeah. They're going to see if you're hungry enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yep. and, yeah, they're going to see if you really want it. And so I sent him letters because I read an article about him in USA Today. And so I sent him letters. I made phone calls, no response. And he called my office about four or five months later at six in the morning. And I was there that day. And when I picked up the phone, he said, hey, Daryl, this is Earl Stafford. And I almost dropped the phone. <laughs> and I said, Mr. Stafford, how are you doing, sir? He said, you want to know why I'm calling you at six o'clock in the morning? I said, sir, absolutely. He said, I wanted to see if you were serious. Wow. He said, I wanted to see if you really want to succeed in business, if you only want to be a person of impact. He said, because if you own a company and you're not the first person there, you're not serious. I said, mm. And I uh, and I, I had to repent later, but I was like, "Yeah, I'm always, you know, yeah, I'm here at six, and I'm usually getting there seven thirty. I'm not, you know, but I'm like, yeah, I'll be there, you know, <laughs> like man, you know." So I said to yourself, but but he said, "Come down to my office on Tuesday, all right." He said, "Come down to my office. I want to chat with you." He was in Fairfax, Virginia. Hmm. Go to Fairfax, Virginia, and he said something to me that changed my life forever. He said, "Daryl, let me tell you something, young man." He said, "You came all the way down here to see me." You see the work that I'm doing. He built up this company. He's like a half a billion dollar company. He sold it to Unitech. This guy is phenomenal. Wow. Great guy. He, he rented 400 limos when Obama became president, put kids in inner city Washington in those limos and tuxedos and took them to the, 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 uh, with the inauguration. This guy's phenomenal. Good, good man. And um, he said this. He said, Daryl, let me tell you something, young man. He said, most people, and everybody need to write this down. Please write this down because this is a parting thing you'll never forget. He said, Daryl, most people fall in love with the dream. They can talk about the dream. They can articulate the dream. And for 15 to 20 years, they're going to talk about the dream. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he said, but Daryl, let me tell you something. He said, let me tell you something that most folks never, never hear, but I want you to hear. He said, Daryl, don't fall in love with your dream. Fall in love with the process. Wow. Fall in love with the process. He said, because it's the process that takes you to the dream. Most people don't want to go through the process. They want to go straight to the dream. And 99% of those people will never achieve it. But the only way you're going to get there, listen, look at the Bible. Look at David running from Saul. I mean, it's all up in the scriptures. You know, Esther sacrificing her life to save her people. It's all up in the scriptures. You know, Abraham, we can go down the line. Joseph sold into slavery with his brothers. That's process. Mm -hmm. And we get all excited about the outcome. King, you know, over, overseeing the, the, the land. Queen, you know, Abraham and all that God gave him. But nobody wants to talk about the process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what he said, fall in love with. So that's my parting remarks, man. Fall in love with the process and your dreams will come true. Because especially if God anointed you to do those things. But be willing to go through it. And here's the thing, Walter. Ask for help if you need it. I always tell folks, you know, I coach people. Everybody want me to mentor them. I said, I can't mentor a thousand people. I will coach you and you are going to pay <laughs> because everybody wants everything for free. <laughs> right, right. I said, how am I going to feed my kids if I give everybody everything free? I'm a professional. This is what I do. But get a coach, get somebody, find a mentor. But you need to go through the process to get to where God wants you. And you appreciate it a lot more when you do. You really will. So. That's that is it, so bro. good. Fall in love with the process. That's it. That's Someone it. just put in the chat right now for those that are watching. Just put in the chat. Say, I am. I love the process. <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all are gritting your teeth saying it. I love the process, but I don't want to type that in. <laughs> right, right. They don't want to type that. They don't want to say that. Hey, <laughs> trying to top that up in there. <laughs> but uh, but you know what? Every I'm telling you, man, it, it's a it's a game changer, and it's a, I'm telling you. For people who have been pursuing things for years and years and years and have not scratched the surface, I just gave you a nugget. I just gave you a nugget because everybody I know in the world, and I've known a lot of people because I've traveled all over the world and interacted with leaders of all in all capacities, everybody had to go through the process. No, nothing fell into anybody's lap. You know, it, everybody had to go through the process. So what makes us any different? And in the Bible, we see story after story after story. So it, it's right there even in the scriptures. So. But listen, thank you so much, man. This has been a joy. Absolutely, thank you. Absolutely. So we just speak blessings yeah. upon you in the name of Jesus. God, thank you, Lord, for Daryl Coach D. Andrews. God, we speak blessings upon his enterprise, even his family, his beautiful wife, his children. God, and we thank you, Lord, for he's here for such a time as this. 
and just blow it up, God, for your glory in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I echo that back to you in the ministry. And um, brother, the best is yet to come. I'm so glad to be reconnected to, I always, I always tell people online, it's my homecoming. <laughs> because it's my second homecoming. I had a chance to go back to my hometown to Syracuse and speak over the city, you know, to all, all it was it was unbelievable experience going there. And then coming back to the church where I started, man, this is my first church. This is my church home. This is where I started in youth ministry. This is where I got married, you know? Wow. And then this is where I learned to be the man I am raising my kids. So abounding grace means a lot to me. I love you all, man. And I'm so appreciative of y'all allowing me to come back and impart some wisdom. It's truly an honor. Absolutely. Yep. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you. God bless you. Now. God bless you. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm.